0: You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ogi Ogui, the lead pastor of Circle Church International. He envisions all men living Christ-centered lives. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 Are you there? Praise the Lord. All right. It says, but test everything that is said. And it says, hold on to what is what? Hold on to what is what? Okay, Some, some translations say fast. I think that's KJV. And then some translations say good. Hold on to what is good. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you because the entrance of your word gives light and gives understanding to the simple. We thank you because in the beginning was the word, the word was his God, and the word was God. And the same was his God in the beginning, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men, and that light shines in darkness, and darkness cannot comprehend it. We pray that as your word is taught today, it to will shine in the dark corners of our hearts and bring illumination and revelation in the name of Jesus. The word dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth, we pray that once more today, as the word is taught, we will behold Jesus in the fullness of his glory in the name of Jesus. We pray that as the word is taught today, that Jesus is glorified and we are edified. In Jesus' name we have prayed. A very good way for us to continue in our concerning spiritual series is to talk about spiritual intelligence. And when we want to start a teaching, on spiritual intelligence i think it behoves on us to first of all talk about discernment you see because discernment is both a gift of the spirit and a skill that a believer must grow in you must learn to be discerning the bible wants you to be discerning and so the scripture we read says test everything and hold fast to that which is good Hold fast to that, which is good. Which means that it's not everything that is healthy for you. And you see, a mark of spiritual growth is discernment. Not just spiritual growth, but growth generally. When you were much younger, it was easier to deceive you. I mean, raise your hand if you ever exchanged um, a higher value of money for a lower value of money. Because they gave you the lower value of money in more notes. Than the higher value. And so maybe you had 500 Naira. And somebody had 200 Naira spread across 50, 50 Naira. So 450 Naira pieces. And it's like, see I have more money than you. So take my own and give me your own. You were not discerning. You were a child. But as you grew. Discernment set in. And so if somebody should tell you I have more money than you. Say something is wrong with you. If I hold you. Your blood will dry. <laughs> it's only a child that puts everything he sees in his mouth. Is that true? Yeah. yeah, it's only a child that puts everything his, his in his mouth. And so even for the believer, you must be discerning. You must be discerning. Before you start talking about, oh, seeing angels and all of that, you must be discerning. You see, because if discernment is the bedrock of every form of spiritual um, experience, you should be able to discern where the experience is coming from before you can accept it. Do you get what I'm saying? The Bible says, don't be deceived. The devil himself can be transformed into an angel of light. You know, many people think that when the devil wants to appear to them, he'll appear in black with horns. No, he won't. Oh, I promise you, he won't. He will come looking like a normal person. He will come dressed in full white. Not shining white, just white kaftan like Pastor David is wearing. (laughs) You know what I mean? He will come looking very normal. Yeah. He's not going to come with horns, with a tail and a pitchfork. No. And so you must be discerning. Because some of the advices that your friends have given to you were unbeknownst to you, the devil talking to you. And you didn't know. Are your friends devilish people? No. They just allowed in that moment for the devil to speak through them. You must be discerning. Some of the dreams and visions you think you had were influenced by the devil and you didn't know. And the problem is a lot of people rule their life by dreams. Paul said, test all things. He says, hold fast to that which is good. And today, I want to talk about improper ways to be discerning. Or let me start by talking about improper ways to be discerning. Improper ways to be discerning. Because when we say discernment, a lot of people think discernment is equal to suspicion. It's not. For a long time in this... um, So, for instance, today, um, I woke up to the news that um, Prophet T.B. Joshua um, died. May so rest in peace. And for the longest time... You know, I went, on, I went on social media today. The one that they banned. Don't ask me how I got there. I'm a spiritual man. <laughs> and then a lot of people were saying, Oh, um, he was a good man. One of the few good men of God in this country. I said, TB Joshua. What did people do to him in this country? And a lot of people don't have any reason... To have a problem with his ministry. Except that they are suspicious. For a long time, another man of God in this country, he used to use relaxer on his hair. And use jerry curls on the hair. And then look really good with it. And use a lapel mic. He was one of the first people to use a lapel mic in the country. And a lot of people were like, that relaxer. and That's where his power is. How ridiculous are you? How ridiculous are you? Say so don't follow him. Do you realize that my spirit does not agree with him, it's not a good basis for discernment? Because what you call your spirit is many times your emotions that are manipulated by other things. Sometimes what you call your spirit that does not agree with a person are your in like emotion like you have expectations and when you just saw the person, without knowing it, you subconsciously put the person in a class. Have you spoken to people who you thought were really mean? You never really talked to them before, but you just thought this person is not approachable. He's not friendly. He's not nice. He won't be nice. What well, if I talk to them? You'll be surprised. I'll, oh, such a very calm person. Have you talked to people like that before? So you can say that's not a very good basis for discernment. It's not good enough for you to now say, "Ha." I, don't listen, I won't listen to that man of God. My spirit does not agree with him. Now, on the other hand, as a believer, we have the Holy Ghost in us. And there's something called the spirit of discernment. And the spirit of discernment, I'm going to talk about this towards the end of the teaching better. The spirit of discernment um, is a gift that you can grow in. And so, you will know When it is the spirit of discernment at work. And trust me. Nobody. Who has ever operated with the gift of discernment. Says my spirit did not agree with the person. Instead you would hear the person say. The Holy Spirit actually wants me to stay away for a while. Or give this person some distance. I don't know why just yet. But there is distance that needs to be given. It is different from. From the first time I saw him. I spirit did not agree with it. Improper ways to be discerning. Number one. Do not always expect the supernatural to be spectacular. Do not always expect the supernatural to be what? Spectacular. And this is the problem with a lot of Christians, especially in countries like our own. A lot of ministries have grown on the spectacular. No substance. Just miracles. And miracles are such an important part of Christian evangelism. They are such an important part of Christianity. Remember when I talked on the fingerprint of God, I talked to you about how there is a fingerprint of the divine on every believer and we must walk miracles to show it. But... Miracles should never be a yardstick for discernment. Moses dropped his rod and it turned into a serpent. Is that true? Janus and Jambres also dropped their rods. And they didn't turn to crickets. They turned to serpents. So miracles are not the basis for discernment at all. Another thing you need to understand is that sometimes God hides what is absolutely supernatural and what looks very normal. So it's easy to miss the supernatural while chasing the spectacular. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's easy to miss the supernatural while chasing the spectacular. Many times... We have brushes with the supernatural and we write them off because they don't look spectacular. It's true. Don't always expect the supernatural to be spectacular. If you do, it will will tip your discernment game off. It will tip it off. You won't be discerning at all. That a man walked up to you on the road and said, "I'm, I'm looking at you now. I see you in a house. You live in a house, right? Say, so, how did I know? Celebrate grace. <laughs> you say That a man walks up to you and says, okay, on a more serious note, um, your father's name is this. Your mother's name is this. This is your account number. This is this. This is that. This is that. I, am I correct to say yes? How did you know? There are many ways to know. There are physical ways. He could have done a whole reconnaissance on you before he came to meet you. Then there are different spiritual ways to know. Angels can tell. Demons can too. (laughs) Are you getting what I'm saying? In Acts chapter 16, for instance, the Bible tells us in verse 16 that there was a lady Um, when Paul and um, Silas, or Paul and Timothy, one of the two, were in Lystra. There was a lady who followed them up and down, proclaiming that these men are the men of God. Men sent from God to preach salvation. But before the Bible gave us this little important detail, it also told us that this lady was carried away by a spirit of divination. What she was saying was correct. Were were they sent Paul and um, and Silas, yeah? Good. Were they sent to proclaim the way of salvation? Were they men sent from God? So was she correct? Yeah, but she was doing it by demon spirit. Don't lose your mind when you see the spectacular. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't lose your mind when you see the spectacular. Be the kind of a believer that can see a miracle worked and still be discerning. A lot of people, once the miracle just happens, the mind is shot. Anything the person says after that is correct. And it's wrong. Open your Bibles to. Um, let me see. John chapter 1, verse 45. John 1, 45 to 51. John 1, 45 to 51. It says, Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and so did the prophets. Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. John 1, 45. Next verse. He said, Can anything um, good come out of Nazareth, Nathanael asked him. Come and see, Philip answered. Next verse. Then Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said about him, Here is a true Israelite. No deceit is in him. Now, next verse. I want to show you something important from here. Now, Nathanael answered Jesus and said, How do you know me? Jesus answered him and said, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, he said, I saw a lot of people get hung up on this verse that wow. Because this was this was um supernatural, right? And spectacular too. I saw you. I, you you hadn't even come. I saw Philip calling you. Under the tree, you were under a fig tree, yeah? Say yes. How did I know? Celebrate grace. <laughs> you hadn't even come and I saw you. Right? So A lot of people get hung up on this verse, but you don't get it. This verse was a precursor to something more spectacular, which was easier to miss. Next verse. We're going to read the next three verses. Thank you very much. It says, Rabbi! (laughs) You know, it's very interesting. A lot of us are like Nathaniel. So Philip said to Nathaniel, I found the Messiah, the one Moses prophesied about, and the the prophets also prophesied about. And Nathaniel said, Who is he? Philip said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? "Eh." And then, um, they went to see Jesus finally. And Jesus said, oh, Nathaniel, a tree is a light. Mm, there's no deceit. And then Nathaniel said, ah, have you seen me before? Jesus said, I saw you under the tree when Philip called you. And then the next thing, from can any good come out of his, um, Nazareth to Rabbi. <laughs> Rabbi. Which is what a lot of you do. Once they just tell you your life details. Last week, you went to this place. You ate in this place. You did say, ha, man of God. Listen. And Jesus answered, he said, Rabbi, Rabbi, Nathanael replied, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus responded to him. He said, do you believe only because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? He said, you will see greater things than this. Then he said, I assure you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. Listen, Jesus pointed Nathanael to something better than the spectacular. And it's easy. A lot of people read this story and miss the point. What was Jesus saying here? He was referencing Genesis. I think it's Genesis chapter 40. Let me check my notes. 28. Genesis chapter 28. If you read from verse 12 to 19, he was referencing the story of Jacob, where Jacob slept, and he saw this vision, and he saw a ladder fall from heaven, and he saw angels ascending and descending, and then he he called that place Bethel. He said, because surely God was here, and I did not know that was what Jesus was saying here. That Nathaniel was standing before the Son of God, and he didn't see it. And just like that ladder that um, Jacob saw, Jesus himself would be the access to heaven. See, that was the greater thing he was talking about. Nathaniel didn't see it. Nathaniel was hung up on. I saw you under the fig tree. Do you understand? This is why a lot of Christians don't grow. I saw you under the fig tree. Stop there. What next? Do you realize that you can't grow on miracles? You can't. Miracles are like icing on cake. A little bit is enough. Too many can can be dangerous. If all you do when you come to church is, let's see miracles, let's do miracles, every day, every day, every day, you will never grow. And that's why you have many Christians who are not grown. Because strongly belongs to those who, by reason of use, have exercised their senses to discern between good and evil. Discernment is a mark of maturity. Don't get hung up on the spectacular Don't get hung up on the spectacular. I know he raised the dead in front of you. That does not automatically mean that the teaching is correct. Are you getting what I'm saying? Some people will say, eh, I was taught all these principles. You have told me now that, they are, that these principles are not actually biblical, but they work. Don't you get it? If I take a shoe that has a very strong soul and I hit a nail, and I tried to use it to hit a nail into the wall. Really, hit the nail into the wall? Is that the right thing to do? Did it work? Is that the right thing to do? So, that it worked does not mean it is correct. In this kingdom, the, means, um, the end does not justify the means. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. The end does not justify the means. Say, but these men they are seeing results. What do you mean by results? There's a science behind the miraculous, and I think I want to stop. Let me just take a, a, a brief pause here and talk about this. There's a science behind the mirac- miraculous, and the formula is very simple faith, but faith plus the power of God equals to miracles. It's the simplest formula ever faith plus the power of God. Equals miracles. Doesn't matter how that faith is displayed. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Faith plus the power of God equals miracles. That's the reason why I can lay hands on a mantle or take it home and put it on your mother, and she will be healed. Is it a principle? No. It was a display of faith. The supply of what? Spirit. I've taught you this before. And so. When you say they saw results, you've got to ask yourself, what results? If the result was, they saw the result of faith meeting the power of God to produce miracles, then you're correct. What if is that the result was, oh, uh-uh, this man is a true man of God. Everything he preaches is correct because I see the results of the things he's Be more discerning than that. The end don't justify the means. Praise the Lord. Yes. The Bible talks about a certain church. The Berean church. People who Paul, the apostle himself, will finish teaching. And then they will go back and cross check. A lot of us, you just write your Sunday sermon notes. That's for those that even write. You write your Sunday sermon notes. You go home and the Sunday sermon notes stays where it was, where you left it on Sunday until the next Sunday. That's not how you ought to be. You have to be discerning is the lord so number one improper way to be discerning is do not expect the supernatural to always be spectacular number two do not build weak templates i don't know how else to say that do not build weak templates do not build weak templates a lot of people want to build templates out of previous supernatural experiences. And because they do so, they eliminate the need for discernment. Are you getting what I'm saying? Let me give you an example. Raise your hand if you've ever been chased in your dream before. Raise it above your head. Raise it. Raise it where? Well. They've chased you in your dream before. All right, put your hand down. Now, raise your hand if when you told somebody that you were chasing your dream, they told you, ah, it's not a good thing, no. Raise your hand. Do you know the one thing the Bible actually teaches us about dreams? Is that many times dreams can be an extension of reality. So, for instance, um, Peter slept. The Bible tells us that before he slept, he was very hungry. And they were cooking for him downstairs. So he slept. And what did he dream about? Why? So many times, maybe the chasing in the dream wasn't necessarily that people, demons, were after you. Maybe the chasing in the dream was that you were watching a movie and... (sighs) Raise your hand if you slept off watching a movie and dreamt of the movie, if it has ever happened to you before. And that movie is demonic. I remember when I was much younger, I slept off watching Harry Potter. And I saw myself in Hogwarts. And I was like, hey! (laughs) They're trying to initiate me. And honestly, for the longest time, I believed that the movie was demonic. And I'm not saying it's not. I don't know. But stop making patterns, templates, out of things that are not templates. See, if you see a snake in your dream, have seven days to live. You know, there are dream interpretation books. If you see this, it means this. Listen, when it comes to the interpretation of dreams, it only works by the Holy Spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? There is no logic behind interpretation of dreams. None. None. There is no logic that connects seven fat cows to seven years of plenty. You think it makes sense now, retrospectively, but if you think about it in the moment, there's no logic that connects both. None. In the Bible, for instance, all the times that people were fed supernaturally, it was God that did it. In the Old Testament, it was God that fed by raven, showed somebody a vision of food. In the New Testament, God was the one that brought food to Peter in the dream. Jesus fed five thousand. The devil never fed anybody in the Bible. But now, if you sleep and they give you rice, you say, ah, oh, no. This has to be a devil. A witch. Now, this is the thing. Is it possible for witches and wizards to try to do that for you in the dream? Yes. But I think that in our time, or in our parents' time, and it has lingered into our own time, we give too much power to people that don't deserve it. Did the Bible not say that if they eat any deadly thing, it will not harm them? So even if they serve the food in the dream, eat it. (laughs) Some people wake up. (sighs) Say, Pastor, Pastor. Pastor, pray for me. I don't know what it is, but they've attacked me. How did they attack them? They gave me food in my dream. Stop building templates where there are no templates. Everywhere else in Africa. Once you reference a snake, it's a bad thing. You know how white people have snakes suspects? You never see an African have a snake. Ah. That's the one thing every African religion agrees with. That Snakes are not good. But in the Bible in John chapter 3 verse 14, immediately put up John 3:14. All right, everybody read John 3:14 together want to go. It says, "Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the son of man" Who was talking? Aha. Uh-huh. So, that snake that Moses lifted up in the wilderness, Jesus said it was a figure of who?" Of himself, right? So every other place, you see snake. You say it's evil. But here is representative of the Son of Man. In the same Bible, in Genesis chapter 3, a serpent was used to represent the devil, right? And then in John chapter 3, it was used to represent Jesus, right? Which means that there's no template. Serpents are innocent animals. I'm still afraid of them. They are innocent animals. (laughs) Right? Yes, sir. And the devil knows this. If you have a dream and somebody appears in white, it must be Jesus. Because white is only Jesus that can wear white in the spirit realm. Only good people wear white. You see, white is not accessible to the devil. And so the devil wear the white and come and meet you. In your dream. So there was a man. A preacher. Many of you have heard me share this story before. Who woke up from a vision. And said. "Ah, I dreamt. I saw Jesus on the cross. He was wearing white. First and foremost. Jesus was not crucified with full garments. He said he was wearing white. His hands were pierced. He was on the cross. Bleeding. And he said go back and tell my people I'm on the cross I've not died yet <laughs> Some people will wake up And start an entire ministry On that lie And this is the thing The Bible is a book with many words And like anybody that talks too much You can take anything they say out of context so, if I want to prove that Jesus is not dead yet from the Bible, I can't. All I need to do is just rearrange some texts. And so people start entire ministries on lies. The foundation of a lot of people's belief system is lies. <laughs> you need to be discerning. Stop building templates where there are no templates. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, five is the number of grace. Seven is the number of perfection. Three is the number of the Trinity. Come on, shut up. <laughs> five is not... Who told you five is the number of grace? You know, I said that uh, David picked up five stones to kill Goliath, representing Jesus, because there are five letters in the name Jesus. News flash the Hebrew name what they actually called him when he was alive was either Yehoshua or Yeshua Yehoshua is spelled with seven eight letters Yeshua six none of them is five are you getting me? so why did David pick five stones? because he wanted to kill (laughs) if you are going to war we look at one bullet Just trying to create patterns where there are no patterns, and it's dangerous because you make a mistake you are not supposed to. I'm telling you now, stop it. Let me correct another one that seems very, very, very subtle. Many of you will be shocked. Say when you are reading the Bible, when you see big letter S, is the Holy Spirit. Small letter S is not the Holy. It's not true. I'm telling you now, it's not true. I want to show you a scripture where they did not really pay attention to putting capital letters. Now, why did they put capital letters in the writing of the text? Because the proper noun is English. And when you write a proper noun, how do you write a proper noun? Capital letter, right? Aha. Uh-huh. So it didn't necessarily mean that it was the Holy Spirit. Um Romans 1:4. KJV. Ah, simple. Thank you. Oh, right there. <laughs> so, stop drawing patterns where there are no patterns. See, so if you see, if you and you hear a lot of, it will sound like Rema. You say so that S there is capitalized. So it must be the Holy Spirit. But here is, the Holy Spirit is talking about where he says, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness. That's, that phrase means Holy Spirit. Right? Yes. There's no capital letter there. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. And this, this has destroyed a lot of Christians you see a guy wearing dreadlocks. Ah. See, today, a lot of you are irked when you see a lady wearing ankle chains. Am I saying the truth? Yes, sir. You feel like, ha. Ah. <laughs> it's like they've it. <laughs> When you see the lady wearing ankle chains, you're like, ha. Ah. Maybe she's a man, Jay. That's not how to be discerning, no. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And this is why I'm saying it. Look, see, if she wears ankle chains or not, she will go to heaven. The issue here is the devil knows what you are looking for. And so when the devil wants to ruin your life, he will come, in, he will come look like a person who is not wearing ankle chains, no dreadlocks, He's, the person is wearing all your, everything that you descend to be good because of your patterns, he will fit into it. Number three. Number three, improper way to be discerning. Desperation. Desperation does not look good on you. (laughs) Don't be desperate to see results. Listen, it's easy to call a desperate person. It's easy. Don't be desperate to see results. And the desperation is on different levels. Some people are desperate for new knowledge. New remnant. So somebody will say something that doesn't make sense and you don't stop to process it, you just swallow it. Say, the power of the power is in the power. <laughs> say, yes, sir. Yes, yes. Chook me water. <laughs> don't be desperate. Don't be desperate. Listen, let me tell you something. Let me, let me just tell you the end of the matter now. No matter how much you need a healing, best case scenario, you get the healing. Worst case scenario, you don't and you die. Where do you go? Don't be dead spirits. So it seems that the worst case scenario is actually the best case scenario. Stop being dead spirits. I've suffered in this life. I cannot be this broke. You know, you hear people say things like that since I've been serving God, what has He given me? And so you go and sell your soul to the devil. You can do... And those deals exist too. But they'll tell you, I will give you fame for five years, but after five years, you will die. And you, you say, okay. Do you know how fast five years goes? Do you know that if you graduated from school in 2016, it was five years ago? You've been a graduate for five years now. I don't want to ask you what you're doing with your life, but think about it. <laughs> So, so don't be desperate. Some people go to places in the name of looking for solutions and then they'll tell you to go and bath inside one water. And you too, you'll go and bath. Where did you see it in scripture? At what point did you find in scripture that somebody wanted to work a miracle and then they said this particular water has healing properties? If you bath in this water, come on. Some of them want to cut your body open and you agree. Desperation reads people of discernment. It's true. It's true. One of the the most successful marketing um, tactics is to make whatever your marketing look like is limited and it will soon finish. Because people just buy it. Desperation is what is what drives a lot of people. Desperation and, and the brother of desperation is greed. So greed and desperation drives a lot of people into trouble. You go to a person who calls himself a man of God. You say I need prayers for this. I tell you, you drop six hundred thousand first. if I pray for you? I'd rather die. <laughs> Let my problem kill me. I'm not giving you. Th- I will give the money to charity. Because something's wrong with you. It's desperation that leads a lot of people into trouble. Proper ways to be discerning. How to be discerning. 1 <laughs> John chapter 4, um, verse 2. 1 John 4, 2. First John 4 2. Are you there? Alright. Everybody, okay, let's start from verse 1. So John repeats the same instruction that Paul repeat, um, Paul gave to the church in Thessalonians. Do you remember that instruction? The first verse of scripture we read? Alright. It says, Dear friends, do not believe every word, but test what? To determine if they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone into the world. Now, you know, one way worldly people test for the validity of a prophet is to say, did the prophecies come to pass? Ah! You couldn't be further away from the truth. You couldn't be. And so you would think that if he said, test every spirit, because there are many false prophets, say, number one, if they prophesy, and it does not happen, they are false prophets. See, that was a criteria in the Old Testament. When discernment was mechanical, now discernment of, of, no, rather, not mechanical, but circumstantial. Now, there is a science behind the discernment. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, there's a science. Because if I prophesy to you that in 30 years, something will happen, I can prophesy between now and 30 years and still be a false prophet. And, And 30 years is a long time to wait to know if I'm a false prophet, right? Huh? So there's there's a science behind it now and the next verse tells you next verse It says this is how you know the spirit of God He said every spirit who does what confesses that Jesus Christ has come how in the f- it's from whom You go to afar These people don't believe that Jesus is the son of God And you go there, let them lay hands on you. And professor, it's demons that they are. And a lot of people wonder why a lot of things are going wrong around them. The way the devil works is very simple. When the devil comes into the garden, he looks around. He really doesn't know what God's blessing is on and what God's blessing is not on. Because he's not omniscient. He doesn't know all things. But he can guess. How can he guess? He has been around for a long time, so he's good at the game. So he comes into the garden. He looks around. Then he calls the one gullible person who will pay attention to him and say, Has God said you shouldn't eat of this tree? Of any tree in the garden? Now, that one person, because the person doesn't know the devil's tactics, will say, ah, no, no, no. You can eat of all the trees. But these two, they'll say, oh, so is this two? I get you. Say, eat it! And he promises you something that looks like a solution, but is actually a problem. That's how a lot of believers get into trouble. You're looking for a child. You've been looking for a child for years. And you're like, God, give me a child. Give me a child. And somebody's like, I know this man. He's actually a man of God. He gives people children. Now, you go to this person's place and nothing about Christ is preached. Nothing about Christ is said. There's no belief in Jesus. Nothing. It's just weird practices. You'll say, well... If he will give me a child and I will carry my own child, then it's fine. And the devil gives you a child, which is actually not the devil's work. It's God that gives every child. But then we'll talk about that another day. You get a child. And then what happens after is the devil will, from that child, start touching other, other areas of your life. Your finances. There's no um, happiness in your home anymore. And then you're wondering what's going on. What you don't realize is that you open the doorway to the devil and when you let a snake into your house, you don't tell it where to go. So there is a more sure way to be discerning. First and foremost, what is your stance on Christ? Did he come in the flesh or not? Okay. Did he die? Okay. Did he, was he raised from the dead? If you believe these things, then I'm at peace with you. Listen, on the other hand, when it comes to the supernatural, as long as it is not anti scripture strange is okay. I'll say it again. As long as it does not go against what the Bible teaches, strange is okay. That you cannot explain it does not mean it is false. So, Paul starts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, concerning spiritual gifts, he said, I will not have you ignorant. He now says, you know you were once Disobedient, led away by dumb idols. But I will have you know that anyone speaking by the Spirit of God will never call Jesus accursed, and no man um, will call no man who calls Jesus accursed is speaking by the Spirit of God. So what was he telling you here? The simple criteria is this: if you believe in the Lordship of Jesus and submit to the Lordship of Jesus, then my first stage of discernment is cleared. Are you getting what I'm saying? The first stage of discernment is what. Is cleared. So notice how this doesn't have to do with any of your experiences but rather the written word of God that cannot change. So, first proper way to be discerning is to look for the person's stance on the gospel. This is so important. Before you enter, you know, have you seen those spiritual brothers and sisters who get into a room and then they start squinting? Like spiritual Sherlock Holmes. I'm, I'm seeing something. I spy with my little eye. Before all of those, get to the word. discern from scripture. I can make anything sound nice, but if you have a proper understanding of Scripture, you can rightly divide. Do you get it? Because the Word of God is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It discerns intents. So an angel appears to you, or what looks to be an angel, appears to you and says one or two things to you. He say, with all due respect, I agree with you until I read the Bible. That's when I will now know what to do with you. So you said A, B, C, D, E, F, G, I've heard you. You can go back to where you came from. Thank you. Then you go to the Word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is how a lot of false religion has been set up. It's true. Did you know that before Muhammad started Islam, he was a slave to a Christian. He grew up in a Christian home, in a Christian Christian household. Went to one cave one day, and one demon appeared to him looking like an angel. And said a couple of things to him. And he came out and started a religion on it. And they are wreaking havoc everywhere. So let the word of God be your first and most important yardstick for measurement and discernment. Before you even start saying, the Holy Spirit told me, what has the Bible said? Listen, even what the Holy Spirit says to you is subject to the word of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? What you think the Holy Spirit said to you is subject to the word of God. Because there are many voices. Oh, there are. And many, many factors can affect how you descend those voices. Number one, if you don't have a good prayer life, you will not properly descend the voice of the Holy Spirit to start with. And another important one is if you don't have a good Bible study culture, you cannot properly descend the voice of the Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is why you are discerning of what you listen to. There are so many believers, they listen to everything and anything and everywhere, and they swallow all of it. You're going to have constipation. It's wrong. You see a conference. I saw one. There were about 16 speakers on the conference lineup. 16 speakers. And this was a one-day conference. You have 16 speakers. And this was the part that hurt me. They put all the 16 pictures, then under the wrote and many more. And many more what? <laughs> what are they coming to talk about? You have 16 speakers in one conference. All 16 will come up and contradict themselves. And somebody will come and say, I was blessed. Every speaker just brought the word from the throne of grace. <laughs> Some words are not from the throne of grace. I'm sorry, but it's true. Let me start from here. If you leave a teaching of the gospel feeling condemned, that word was not from the throne of grace. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. If, if after you've been taught the word of God, what you feel in your heart is this condemnation that... ah. I'm so sinful, I can't do anything, and God never loves me, you see, a lot of people think it's a good idea to win souls that way, but that's the Bible never taught us to. When you read Peter's evangelism efforts in Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 4, everywhere he evangelized. It always started with, you were a sinner, but this is the solution, Christ, is the solution. So if the message leaves you feeling condemned, guess what? It's not from the throne of grace. I don't care whether you went to heaven and came back. So I, went, I had a vision. Divine revelation of hell. And I saw that everybody that wears attachments is going to hell. <sighs> so, what's the, the Bible is finished. There's nothing to read again. It's not to be looking for attachments. Do you know how ridiculous it sounds? Listen, If it happened to you, when you wake up from such an experience, you say, devil, I don't have your time. Leave me alone. I'm telling you now. So I went to heaven. Me and Jesus were fetching water together. (laughs) Do you think that that's how God wants to be known? Listen, can he? He can. Is that important? No, it's not. I'm telling you now. Many times we want to feel, we want to feel like we have a special relationship with God that nobody else has, and the devil will take advantage of it. Oh, he will. I remember a lady I prayed for a couple of years ago, twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. Her own was it started very commonly. Lord, I want to see you. I want to. This is why you must be careful what you pray. You want to see him how? Outside of scripture? Outside of Jesus? Philip said to Jesus, show us the Father. And Jesus said, have I been with you all this while and you have not seen the Father? He said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. Okay, but pastor, we can't see Jesus physically now. Then Jesus says, search the scripture. You think in them you have eternal life, not knowing that these are they that testify of me. Which means... If I look to scripture, I will see Jesus. Is that true? And if I see Jesus, I've seen the Father. There's no other Father to see. Say, I want to see you. Lord, I want to have an encounter. And the encounter you're looking for is you want a vision. of Jesus will now walk into your room. Don't you get it? You're not any more special than somebody who gleamed Jesus from scripture. And guess what? Even if Jesus walked into your room, it will still take scripture to know him. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, it will still take scripture to know him. So this lady prayed, I want to see you. I want to have an encounter with you. Then she started having visions. (laughs) There was a large meadow. There was a small house. There was a garden beside the meadow. They had Jesus to be gardening together. So at first everybody thought it was cute. You know, you just dismiss. Some people, just so you don't hurt them, yeah? They say, Jesus and I went to the gardens. Okay. <laughs> then suddenly, it became... No, that's not... Just on our own. You just see somebody sitting there. That's not the plant you're supposed to plant. This is the one we're meant to do. Let's plant this one instead. <laughs> All levels of wrong to start with. So you think that if you and Jesus were gardening, you would be the one giving him instructions. <laughs> Which Jesus is this? The one you call Lord? And before you he knew what she had devolved into a serious mental illness. Took a lot of prayer to help her out of it. You better be very discerning about what you are doing. These things are real. We see Jesus in the word. Are you getting what I'm saying? I don't care if as I'm preaching, an angel appears over there. If, it, if whatever he says does not aligned with the word, you go back to wherever you came from. Is true. We glean him from the word. This is spiritual intelligence. I'm telling you now. I'm teaching you how to be intelligent. This is spiritual intelligence. The Bible says we are not ignorant of the vices of the devil. See, that word devices in the Greek is actually noema and it means the schemes. How he hides himself is used commonly for an imposter. Somebody who disguises to be somebody else. You see, this is what we don't understand. The devil will never come at you as the devil. And if you think that witches and wizards rank high in the arsenal of the devil, you have another thing coming. Because see, they are one of his lowest attack forms. They are the easiest to counter. They are the easiest to counter. You know where the devil really gets his real attacks from? Matters of the mind. Simple things like pride. Things that you cannot easily discern. Jealousy, anger, bitterness, hatred. Yeah, those are the things. And he has his agents positioned everywhere. They don't even know that they are signed up in his agency. They are just agents positioned everywhere. They just be chipping it in. Just have that friend that just come and meet you and tell you that I noticed that you and this person when well, they roll before, say yes. How come she's not rolling with these other people? I'm not saying anything I'm just <laughs> so how now you get Gary. <laughs> and the devil has done his work. Home. You two, you will not go back there. Why is it that I'm always the one giving others? People don't always give in to me. This year, I'm matching the energy everybody gives to me. <laughs> The devil has got it. You don't need it. You were not discerning enough to catch it. In two weeks, I'm going to talk about love work and how the things of the spirit are governed by love. We'll spend more time talking about this. Pride! Small thing will happen, the devil will come and blow trumpets in your ear. You too. Yes. I'm big. And you are not discerning enough to catch it. These are the issues. You are not discerning enough to know when the devil is, is attending. Some people think that the devil's major attack is that he will make you sick. He will fall. This- it's simple. You are supposed to come to church on, on Sunday. You've dressed up. The devil will just come and tell you, that. i just stream it live now. Just stream it live. Don't worry, rest. You've had a very busy week. That's it. You yeah. say, it a B? you make sure and then you within yourself you know that you won't watch the youtube stream complete as after praise and worship you have slept you know it you know and that's what you start doing every week you say ah then before you know what's going on you start tweeting i don't even know why we need to be meeting physically i'm very blessed by online you know the devil is using you (laughs) not only has he attacked you you have become member of his agency and you don't know it extremely blessed by online church um, all these pastors they just want to collect more money and have an excuse for doing it. the devil is using you then after a whole oh year say pastor I don't know what's wrong with my spiritual we know we know what <laughs> we've been new we saw you when you deviated amen Amen. let the word of God guide your hearts. are you hearing what I'm saying let the word of God guide you. Let it actually be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. You see, I like I like David's illustration where he said that word is a lamp to my feet and a light, a light to my path. Because the idea is you're walking through a road and at every, you know, many of us won't relate because we live in Lagos. We generally don't have streetlights in this part of this country. So, You can't be lit. But you're walking through a properly lit road that at every point, at several intervals, you have a light to illuminate everywhere. Now, when you're driving at night, your own car has its own light and then you have street lights to keep the road well lit. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So what does that do for you? Number one, with the lights, you can see your immediate way. You know where you are meant to go in the moment. But with the street lights, even the way you should be going in the future, you know... So the word of God sets your path immediately and in the future. Do you get what I'm saying? There are some temptations the devil will not be able to bring your way again when you have aligned your life to the word of God. Are you getting me? Some some um, areas of discernment that you might not even have to go through again because your life is aligned. I don't know what is going to make somebody dress somehow. Call himself a prophet and come and say some words to me. I will finish you. I will finish you. The word of God cancelled that a long time ago. Are you getting what I'm saying? You meet me on the road, say your name is okay. You pastor a church. I say it's very good. I'm a celebrity. A lot of people know me. Sorry. What's your next line of prophecy? Some people they just meet you to say, "Ha, ah, Daniel, right?" Say yes. You say, first of all, you will drop 2,000 naira so that the grace will flow. You are your grace. Your money perish with you. <laughs> some, some areas that the devil knows that the word of God has already illuminated this path. I can't go that way again. They'll catch me. Where the devil? The devil hides in obscurity, in darkness. That's what he likes to do. So when the word of God has not brought light to, to an area, that's where he'll stay. Some of it is in your health. You've not allowed the word of God bring life to your health. The Bible talks about how you are healed. Listen, let me tell you something. You don't ever be so Christocentric that the Bible says by his strap you are healed. And you say that healing is salvation alone. It is, listen, it is um, an oxymoron or a paradox to think that the God that saves you from death cannot keep you healthy. Do you get what I'm saying? So, I can believe God for divine health. I can. And I should. I heard a man of God say something one time. He said that in your personal life, it's not the anointing that works. It's the word of God. It's true. You see, because when push comes to shove, when the devil comes to attack you, it's not the anointing. When he was was attacking Jesus, it's not the anointing of Jesus' life he was attacking. It was the word. And Jesus did not use anointing to say, Take it! The devil now disappears. Wow. And that's why a lot of people think spiritual battles are fought. The devil appears. Say, I've come now. You two, you now say, I'm ready for you. The devil says, you'll catch it. you send it back. You will fail, eh? <laughs> when the devil attacks you, it's the word of God that protects you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the word of God that protects you. And so what do you do with the word? How much of the word do you have in you? You come to church every Sunday morning. You are taught for one hour plus, but that's not enough. I was telling um, members of our staff that if I had my way, I would teach you people every day. And time is coming when I will do it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because it's not enough. Think about it. You have 24 hours in a day. Assuming you sleep for 8 hours. Assuming. I don't know why you will be sleeping for 8 hours. but I see what mean. Okay, doctor said 8 hours. But if you sleep for 8 hours, that means you have how many hours left? 16 hours in a day. Math is not one of my strongest subjects. So you have 16 hours left in the day. Out of 16 hours in a day, seven, 7 days in a week. Now, I don't know what that comes up to. Right? You listen to the word of God just 1 hour, 30 minutes. And even that one you're grumbling, you're looking at your time. When will this guy finish? Let's go home. And the rest of the week, you're listening to everything but the word of God. You're listening to the voice of the devil. You're listening to the voice of other people. You're listening to the voice of your emotions and your confusion. And you are wondering why you are the way you are. It's simple. You are deficient in one area. The word of God is lacking. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, sir. The word of God is lacking. That's why as a church, we spend money to make it free. Go and listen to it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah. Replay it over and over and again. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you must have a healthy intake of the word of God. Pastor Chris, actually, will say you should go for the word. And when you get a hold of it, keep saying it you hear what I'm saying? Keep talking the word. Don't be afraid to talk. Listen, this is the culture I want you to develop. I want you to talk the word so much so that your natural jokes come from the word of God. Because in the end, when pressure is applied, it is what you have inside of you that will come out. If all you have filled yourself with is the voice of this world, the voice of doubt, the voice of fear, the voice of unbelief, when pressure is applied to you, all those things will come out. Doubt, fear, unbelief, the voice of the world, all of it will come out. But if you have filled yourself up with the word of God, when pressure is applied, it is the word that will come out. This is spiritual intelligence. This is spiritual intelligence. You wake up from a dream. You know, sometimes a lot of people message me. They say, Pastor, I had a dream. In my dream, this happened, that happened, that happened. And, and I just like, I'm i like, first and foremost, do you feel the dream is important? They say yes. I say, just write it down. Write it and Keep it aside. Say, Pastor, I need an interpretation. You don't. Listen, if, if, it was, if the Holy Spirit needed you to have an answer immediately, you wake up knowing what the dream is about. Yes, Am I saying the truth? Yes, Many times you just wake up and you know this is what this dream I dreamt is about. You can't explain why you saw so so person in your dream, but what you think is that that person is representative of this other person. But you know that that's what you dreamt about. So, stop putting so much importance on all these things. Put more importance on the word. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. For more, head over to circlechurchglobal.org or visit any of the church campus addresses on the website. God bless you.